Well, hello and welcome to the to what I've what I've written down uh, as the first episode of the second season. Can you believe uh, of the of the places you'll never care about podcast? Of course, we're all a bit surprised to be here, uh, but let's not go on and on about that. Let's get into it. I will throw in a little bit of admin by saying that uh, you know I think it just works best from here on out if I just write and record these on a sort of as I feel like it basis. Uh, last time I wrote all 10 episodes first and then recorded them all at a time and it all became uh, quite, quite laborsome in the end. So yeah, I think I will just do it that way. Uh, it's been a while between drinks. So let's refresh ourselves at the oasis of inconsequentiality. I'll also note that uh, I'm wearing headphones for the first time whilst recording this podcast and it feels very, very strange. I hear myself far more than I'd like to, to be honest. But but we'll try it and see how we go. Uh, we kick off season two with a visit to a small town on the northern coast of one of the most naturally beautiful countries in the world. Tucked away somewhere on a small strip of usable land between the rugged highlands and the unforgiving northern Atlantic, we are, of course, in Scotland. Uh, or, more specifically, a village by the name of Tung. Uh, population 500 or something <clears throat> sorry about that i'll preface this by mentioning i've actually got a scottish mate who uh, agreed to help me out this week with a couple uh, little voices a little bit of you know proper genuine scottish pronunciation if you will so i'll try to keep this podcast above board uh, a little bit more than usual it would be pretty pretty rude to um, you know sort of say oh mate would you mind helping me out and then use his own voice in a podcast ripping the shit out of his beloved homeland so we won't do that uh, you'll be hearing from my mate Murray in just a moment. So, uh, where to begin? Let's uh, let's start off with the drive, I suppose. It's quite a quite a lovely trip up through the Highlands to get here. The most direct route from almost everywhere is straight up the middle along the A836. Uh, Wikipedia calls this a major roadway, and t- to be fair, it kind of is until it splits off with the A838, just north of a town called Lerg. At which point, it essentially becomes a 50-kilometer-long single-lane driveway, uh, with little pullover bays every 100 meters or so, allowing two oncoming vehicles to pass each other. But that's okay, you'll be wanting to take it slow anyway. The lakes and the mountains and rivers and tussocks are all, uh, like you'd expect, very, very beautiful. About an hour's drive later, you'll cross the top of a ridge, and you'll get a lovely view down into the Kyle of Tongue National Scenic Area, which, from what I understand, is kind of more like a, a low-key national park, I guess. Perhaps not the same status, but preserved kind of area anyway. Uh, it's very pretty, but I hear you ask, what the heck is a Kyle of Tongue? Well, excellent question in Gaelic, uh, as Murray's about to say. Gaelic. A call, C-A-O-L, uh, Murray. Kyle. Thanks, mate. Uh, a is a body of water that in modern English we might refer to as a strait or as a narrows. I guess as times and languages change, the original spelling of Kyle morphed into Kyle as how we would spell the name Kyle. If you have any Kyles in your life, maybe that's a fun bit of information you can throw at them. Anyway, so yes, the Kyle of Tongue is a Kyle and the village of Tongue sits right on its eastern shore. Apparently the name Tongue uh, Murray. Tongue, tongue, tongue. It's is not due to the shape of the Kyle itself, although you could say it, it was tongue-shaped if you were 
if you've been watching the witcher recently and like saw some long thin demonic grotesque tongue thing it, it kind of that kind of shape but we're not uh, evidently it's a hangover from the good days when the vikings were in charge they used their old norse word tunga there's no old norse people listening so i i can pronounce it how i like uh, to describe a spit of land that pokes out into the harbor or sea seems reasonable enough however this particular tongue seems to be shaped more like a a, a nipple uh, to me but what the fuck do we know or care uh, about naming geographical features after parts of the human anatomy we're here to discuss more highbrow content than likening bits of land to nipples however if you are interested a quick google maps search for nipple google maps thank you uh, returns a handful of mountains in north america uh, with slight variations of nipple names moving on if you aren't driving straight up the guts of the scottish highlands then i suppose you're driving around them which is at least equally if not more beautiful Apparently, it's quite a popular thing to do these days. A few years back, the Tourism Project Board of the North Highland Initiative launched the North Coast 500 project, which encourages would-be tourists to follow a 500-mile loop, 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 loop around the northern coast. Uh, looks like a great road trip, honestly. No, it looks awesome road trip. This has, of course, been good for tourism in the region, but with more people comes more traffic, and that is always an issue. Uh, evidently, there's been an increase, a 45% increase of road deaths, and on no less than four separate occasions, some angry locals have thrown tacks onto the road to pop the tires of unsuspecting tourists. Oops. I don't really know what they hope to achieve by doing that. If if you want people to like leave your town, it sounds like popping their tires uh, is a good way to ensure that they can't do so. But anyway, it's safe to say that not all locals of these small highland towns enjoy having all these damn southerners around. Tongue. There's also been much talk of dangerous driving around the loop, uh, with some hooligans claiming to have completed the entire route in less than 24 hours, which does sound kind of impressive, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but when you look at the numbers, it's not, it's not really that wild. Uh, the route is exactly 516 miles long, which is equivalent to 830 kilometers for the rest of us. So if you divide that by 24 hours, it works out to an average speed of only 34 and a half kilometers an hour, which is not really something I would consider excessive speeding. But I suppose the issue is that the roads are all narrow and winding and Scottish and covered in sheep and shit like that. Anyway, as the ever, ever safety conscious publication we strive to be here at the PYWNCA podcast, we please ask that if you are circumnavigating the Scottish Highlands via the North Coast 500, to keep an appropriate and safe speed for the road conditions and to be mindful of other road users. Driving unsafely is certified small PP energy, particularly on small, narrow roads with lots of blind corners and potential animals, you know, other tourists, uh, who, you know, you know what the weather's like in Scotland. There's clouds, fog all around the place. It's sideways rain. Nothing, nothing is cool about, no, no, seriously, nothing's cool about driving unsafe. That's for pricks uh, nobody thinks you're cool because you drove your car fast around a tourist loop meant to be taken slowly and enjoyed for its natural beauty something we would consider impressive however uh, would be if you cycled the whole thing like a few mental enduro fans who have fucking crushed it over the last few years have done the current record is held by Durness local by the name of Robbie Mitchell who got it done in only 29 hours and 5 minutes which is absolutely fucking nuts uh just goes to prove that racing around your car in under 24 hours isn't that impressive if a bloke on a bike 
can do the same thing and take only an extra five hours. What's that? Like 25% longer. And he was on a bike. So unreal effort, Robbie. I'm sure you're listening, mate. Good on you. Anyway, so that's pretty much how you get to Tongue. Drive there. Or ride your bike, I suppose. Of course, in order to do that, you probably need a car or a bike. Being physically present in the United Kingdom would also help. But that can be overcome. However, if these two criteria are just a little bit beyond the pale in terms of your capabilities, financial or otherwise at present, then you could do as I did and make your way over to popular video sharing platform, youtube.com. You might've heard of it. Once you've done that, you can search for Tongue, Scotland, and you'll be suggested a video called Arriving in Tongue, Scotland, uploaded by a dude called Rog, or well, Rog, I suppose. It's a bit long at 17 minutes, but if you set the playback to double speed, it's pretty fast, man. Kind of like riding in a rally car, which is cool, despite the whole point we just made about driving safely. Obviously, this is not real rally car. You're just going twice the speed, and in theory, rally car racing is, you know, on a controlled, controlled road, controlled environment. It still applies. Drive safe, please. You can find another dash cam video from Tongue, uploaded by another channel called Dan's Road Tours, uh, <laughs> this bloke just kind of drives around town a bit, mumbling complaints to himself, basically. He was grumpy about the price of petrol at the gas station. I mean, like everyone is, but it seems somehow displeased at the fact that such a small community would have its own police and fire stations. That He, he sort of rocked up and he's like, oh, a small town like this, having, a, having their own cop shop and, and, and a fire station. Whoa. You know, there was a bit of there was a bit of displeased surprise to his voice, is what I would say. He was grumpy about the price of petrol, complained about the cop shop and the fire stations, but he did edit in all these cute little emojis into his video relating to different things he would drive past, which really, really helped to keep the mood light, despite his stereotypically middle-aged, bald British man grumblings. Dan finished up his little tour of tongue with what he hoped would be a stop at the Weaver's Cafe and Gift Shop, which is, in fact, the number one place to eat in town, according to our trusty old friend, TripAdvisor.com. Dan makes some remarks about being up and on the road before 10 o'clock, which is apparently much earlier than he is used to. So good on him for getting out there and doing it. In fact, Dan was five minutes too early when he got to Weaver's Cafe, so he decided to park up, have a fag, and wait, I think. That's a direct quote. However, unfortunately for Dan, he was actually five minutes and a day too early, as Weaver's Cafe and Gift Shop is not open on Thursdays. <laughs> Bugger, mate. Should have checked tripadvisor.com. Anyway, like we mentioned, Weaver's Cafe is apparently the number one in town, with its lovely view out across the Kyle and the ocean. But all the other eating establishments seem to have similar reviews, mostly positive, harking on about exceptional Highland hospitality and such. But each place has, of course, a handful of negative reviews, almost exclusively from boomers whining about not being served whenever they fucking want to be, stuff like that. Uh, apparently, Weavers is quite small, so if they have a tour bus booked to come through, they don't have the space to accommodate other random stoppers by. Boomers don't like this. They believe they should be served at all times and feel the need to say they will take their custom elsewhere next time, as if that isn't exactly what cafe staff making minimum wage want. Kindly fuck off. The best of the negative reviews in tongue came from user Stevie No Fish, uh, who says that after enjoying their coffees, he and his traveling companion paid their bills and were making their way back to the car when a woman poked her head out the door and shrieked at them in the manner of a fishwife, asking if they had paid their bills. Evidently, this was quite upsetting to poor Stevie, but damn what a brilliant insult that is. 
Fishwife. Apparently, uh, back in the good days, fishwives were often the wives or daughters of fishermen and were in charge of selling the fish the men would catch. Fishwives were evidently notorious for being loud and foul-mouthed, in part due to the fact that they had to attract attention quickly given their wares would soon expire. Uh, not an insult I can say I'd heard before, but absolutely, absolutely one that I will add to my ever-growing repertoire of oddly specific but also vaguely sexist slander. Keep it coming, Stevie. Lovely work, mate. Thanks for listening. Uh, other notable reviews include a couple who were enticed to the Kragen Hotel restaurant by an advertisement outside that said, food served all day, only to be greeted by the chef shouting, it's quarter to nine, fuck off. Uh, note that it was quarter to nine in the evening, so... Not entirely unreasonable, I suppose, uh, depending on which day of the week it was, maybe. I i don't know. Love love the attitude either way. Uh, can't get enough of that uh, Highland, Highland hospitality. Lastly, the Tongue Hotel was likened to Faulty Towers in two separate reviews by two different people, one of which goes by the profile Dirty Girl Kaylee, and the other was from a guy from fucking Tasmania, so don't worry about that. In fact, you could actually book out the entire Tang Hotel for your wedding, if you like, provided you are willing to overlook the Faulty Towers comparisons, of course. Or perhaps maybe, maybe you're into that kind of spectacle. Up to you, whatever. Gallic. I took an in-depth look through the e-brochure on their website, which was implemented in some kind of, quote, online magazine, web app, plug-in thing. You remember those from, like, the late 2000s, when um, you could, like, click on the page and it would, like, animate the page flip. You know, those kind of things that people thought were cool to put on their websites I, I was actually rather disappointed to find nothing particularly cringeworthy there it does it does look like a really nice spot if you're planning on having a smaller more intimate style wedding there's supposedly sitting room for 25 to 30 people in the main room or they could organize it outdoors if you like overlooking the beautiful kyle which would be lovely i imagine at full capacity the hotel can sleep 36 people apparently so that could be a fun option Having all your family and a few friends camped out in a traditional Highland pub built sometime in the mid-1800s. That seems really old to me, but I suppose in terms of European standards of history, it's really not that old. Anyway, anyway, if you do opt for the outdoor wedding here at the Tongue, you might be able to sneak a peek across at the much older ruins of Castle Varric, which Murray's going to correct me right now. Murray? Castle Varric. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Now... <clears throat> Nobody actually knows for certain how old Castlevarich is, but estimates place it at likely over 1,000 years old kind of thing, which is old, in my opinion at least. I'm sure it's old in yours as well. Much like its age, the precise origins of the castle are also unknown. It is believed that Castle Varric was used as the ancient seat of the Chief of Clan Mackay, who are described as an ancient and once powerful clan from the far north of the Scottish Highlands on the Wikipedia page, which is like three and a half thousand words long so obviously i didn't read much of it besides the bit about castle Varric. it's not important to us anyway we don't need to go into detail on a clan that has like over a thousand years of detailed history uh, uh, they, they supported robert the bruce and mary queen of scots when they were fighting their respective wars that i don't know much about uh, their clan tartan is a bit naff if you ask me the bright green pushes a bit too far in front of the dark blue and they try to tie that back in with a like a thin yellow pinstripe um 
you know what now that i think about it there's probably specific reasons for this they're probably not just random random shades of green and blue and yellow it's probably all got to do with heritage and and history and 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 stories of of valor but anyway it's 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 just not working for me sorry it's uh kind of i've seen i've seen plenty of better tartans put it that way but having said all that i would certainly not be hanging around for a fight if i saw a couple of hundred burly scotsmen in threads like these coming over those hills over there anyway it's believed that the mckays had built this castle on top of an old norse fort uh, as those viking dudes had been around here and there beforehand i again i obviously don't understand enough of this part of history wikipedia says that tongue uh, the tongue area was historically a crossroads for gales the gaelic people native to ireland and scotland and the isle of man if, if you care about that and the picts who were a group of people who lived in like northern and eastern scotland sometime fucking ages ago and then the vikings like we said who were scandinavians looking for some treasure to raid but then some of them liked it in the uk so they parked up for, for the long term it's all very complicated but i think you get the general point anyway castle varick castle varick is there or at least the shell of it it's pretty small as far as old school castles go it was only about two floors tall probably with an attic and the walls are only 7.5 meters long well three of them are apparently one of the walls is only 6.7 meters long meaning that the building is not in fact square i wonder if that was deliberate or if the builders had been getting into you know a bit of the old mead or whatever those poor bastards had for drink back in the days so it's, it's not that big and it's suspected that the lower floor was used to house the farm animals during the harsh winters which was a common thing to do in those days because their body heat would drift upwards and help to warm the living quarters for the humans functional living i suppose but keep in mind that if the body heat from the animals was drifting upwards so too was or the stink that they were creating you got to take the good with the bad i guess there were indeed uh, worse alternatives nowadays castle Varick is a pretty little tourist attraction for tongue it's only a half hour or so walk from the village and offers beautiful views over the kyle once you reach it a few years ago a steel staircase and viewing platform was constructed on the inside allowing visitors to climb to the top and get an even better view for these reasons, a visit to Castle Varick is considered the number one thing to do in Tongue, Scotland. Most visitors leave comments about the pleasant walk and nice views and interesting history, etc., etc. But all that positivity can be a little overwhelming sometimes, can't it? Of course, there was at least a couple reviewers who weren't so impressed by this venerable fortification. None of the comments were particularly scathing, but user John A willingly just outs himself as a massive softcock by complaining about the awful trek up the steepest hill, only to be disappointed by what he referred to as a stack of stones when he eventually made it to the top. Final comment, not worth it. What? Nah, I can't, I can't call him, no, that's sexist. Um, hard to take him seriously given the other reviews included lovely family photos of parents with babies in backpacks and young children bounding up the path on their own. Again, it's only a half hour to 45 minute hike, and from the topography map, you can see that it's only like a few hundred meters vertical, which sounds like a lot, but over half an hour, you know. We shouldn't expect much from this guy, John. Looking back through his review history, I can see that he gave Croydon McDonald's a one star, claiming his fries were too salty, as if that isn't exactly the reason that McDonald's is absurdly successful worldwide. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Castle Varick. Castle Varick. Looks very nice. So do yourself a favor and go for a little hike to stretch the legs. It's good for you. It is. 
Okay, perhaps we've been going a little little too deep into the negative reviews so far. I did promise Murray after all that we'd try to keep it positive, you know. I uh, don't want to rip too, too heavily on his homeland, but there's one. There's one I'd really like to talk about, not because it's particularly brutal or anything, but just because I'm, I'm just so puzzled at the thought process that went into it. Commenting on the village of Tongue as a whole, George W. George W. from Aberdeen left two stars, stating, Tiny place with not much to offer. Shops have funny hours. Beaches, all stones. Not much worth looking at. Big disappointment. As if like, what did you expect? Did you bother to look up this place beforehand? You think a bloke who has made 118 contributions to TripAdvisor.com would have done a little research before showing up to tongue expecting an action-packed holiday weekend i i don't get it uh but whatever what do, what do we what do we care about george w from aberdeen this next point is actually not related to tongue at all but it is pretty interesting and it's also something that i again don't understand whatsoever if you search tongue scotland into the google news tab you'll get an article about this Absolute fucking mad lad, uh, James Armour, spelled A-R-M-O-U-R, who for some utterly incomprehensible reason decided that he would like to try to conquer a 307 kilometer route across the Outer Hebrides. Outer Hebrides. Thank you. Through a combination of swimming, running, and cycling legs. For those listeners who aren't so familiar with the geography of coastal Scotland, all you really need to know is that the Outer Hebrides are a chain of islands off the northwestern coast they're pretty rocky and the smaller ones are essentially uninhabited anyway the route took him 52 hours and 52 minutes could you could you even imagine staying awake for that long in total he swam 32 kilometers ran 83 kilometers and cycled a total of 180 kilometers unreal how do you how do you even train for that this dude was swimming kilometers between islands in the middle of the fucking night. Evidently, the rolling of the waves was so bad that he got seasick whilst in them. Uh, the more I think about it, the more it generally amazes me. Oh yeah, so guess why this comes up when you search for tongue? Well, apparently, he had so much salt water washing in and out of his mouth during the swim through the churning waves that his tongue swelled right up and he couldn't even talk. And then when he made it to land and wanted to have some food to get a little, a little bit of energy going. He couldn't even do that because he couldn't swallow with his fat tongue in the way. Unreal. Nothing to do with the village of tongue at all, like I mentioned. But certainly a worthy sidetrack if you ask me. If you want to look that dude up, once again, his name is James Armour. A-R-M-O-U-R. Verified big nuts. Certainly, certainly something there for the mums. So well worth a look if you were to ask me for my... Um, unsolicited opinion good on you mate i'm sure you're listening if you'd like to explore but perhaps not in quite such an extreme fashion like mr james armour then perhaps you'd be interested in climbing either of ben loyal or ben hope two mountains lie uh, which lie south of tongue and look to offer extensive views over the surrounding landscape they're both still pretty reasonable hikes suggesting uh, approximately five to six hours uh, each i'd love to have a crack at them they look awesome not much else to say really they're nice mountains i think i think i think uh ben means ben you know like the name ben means mountain in gaelic as well uh so if you have any bens in your life you can hit them with that or if you have any scottish people in your life who know that i've just fucked it up completely you can hit me with that uh much like you did to the kyles earlier on 
I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear it. Yeah, we're getting pretty close here. Not much else of any genuine sort of substance to talk about. Google Maps shows a Royal Bank of Scotland on the main street, but that photo is dated from 2011 and that branch is closed now. Was a bit confusing because one article I read said they were closing and then the next one said that the bosses caved into pressure to stay open. But when I searched to find a branch on the official Royal Bank of Scotland website, all I can see is a tongue mobile branch, which just sounds like some spin doctory bullshit aimed at old people who don't trust the internet enough to do their banking. I don't have any idea what a mobile branch actually looks like. I've wasted far too much time writing this shit as it is. I tried looking it up briefly, but then I realized like, what am, what am I doing with my life? Researching obscure former Scottish banking institutions. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that. I did at least try to check out the local playground as labeled on Google Maps. If you go into Street View, however, there is a dirty big rubbish truck sitting in the parking lot blocking the entire view of the playground, so who knows if that's real. I tried, of course, still determined, to get a look at the Tongue playground. I turned to Google Images, but all that gave me was a load of stock image children on slides and swing sets poking their tongues out. So, unfortunately, our inquiry into the existence, or lack thereof, of the Tongue playground has proven inconclusive. Hey, uh, actually, let's, I guess we could bring in uh, unsubstantiated facts. Jessica, back to tell us that. Hello. Tongue is suspected to have a playground. Thanks, Jessica. So nice to have you back. I hope that we hear from you very soon. Right now, there's two more points we need to make before wrapping up. The first is about the Tongue Football Club website, which I thought was really good value when I first stumbled upon it. There's two whole pages, two whole pages devoted to roasting club members for their apparent uselessness on the field yet seemingly universal fondness for the bar sports that follow most Saturday morning matches. All the chat is standard boomer-centric fare, poking fun at tried and trusted realms of comedy, such as pointing out the older boys' balding heads or calling the young players out for sleeping in and being late to the matches. (laughs) Haha, nothing too novel or offensive. One bio reads, Foreign import Tino hails from Colombia, but was brought to these shores in a transfer involving illegal drugs, which is... A classic, a true, a timeless classic. Anyway, apparently Tino is only a nickname and his real name is Kevin Monroe. So I suspect the part about being from Colombia is not based entirely in reality. However, seeing a, you know, a little bit of a picture of this bloke's mugshot, I wouldn't put him past the old illegal drugs. Anyway, it's all a bit sad in the end. Their website says the club hadn't been around for a long time, but was then re-established in 2005 which explains all the low-quality images and mid-2000s internet-style GIFs and word art fonts and all that kind of thing. The most recent updates are from 2009, so the club presumably doesn't exist anymore. At least I couldn't find any more recent evidence anyhow, which is a bit is a bit heartbreaking for little communities like Tongue. But, I mean, that's what we talk about here, right? So I guess that's how it goes sometimes. The last thing, the last item I've got on the agenda... I wanted to discuss was a great little piece of tongue merch I thought everyone would be interested in picking up. Might as well throw a little plug in there. I'm not plugging my own stuff. Uh, I don't remember how I came across it, but the ilovetongue.com website offers a selection of stickers, magnets, and keyrings with that generic iHeart design, like the super famous like iHeart NY, iHeart New York thing, but of course, iHeart tongue. You know what I mean. It's kind of funny. Maybe, maybe I'm immature, but I reckon there's something vaguely sexual about it. If you saw someone getting around with a sticker on their car that said, I love tongue, I don't think 
your immediate assumption would be, oh, that must be a reference to the small village on the northern coast of the Scottish Highlands either. Anyway, you can pick yourself up uh, or somebody else. Great gift idea. A magnet or key ring for £4 or a sticker for £3. I had enjoyed a couple beers when I first came across this website and came dangerously close to actually buying a few myself. I would have done so, I think, if it weren't for the postage, which added up to be a bit much outside of the UK, but I've still got the tab open, uh, so maybe after payday we'll see. Anyway, it seems that's all we've got for Tongue, the sleepy seaside village stuck between the rugged Scottish Highlands and the relentless North Sea. What a spot, what a place to be. Probably perfect if you need to run away from something in your current life and start again. And why not? The rent is probably a lot cheaper than the child support. Just just disappear. The Tongue Highlands were looking for staff, the last I read. Get yourself a car and blast it up through the Highlands. Uh, you can cover it in iHeart stickers and get yourself an iHeart Tongue keychain for your keys when you get there. Resurrect the football team. Go explore the mountains. Write some bad trip advisor reviews. Find out if the playground exists Call someone a fishwife. Just don't drive so damn fast. Uh, just before we go, want to give a massive thank you to Murray the Scotsman. I hope you enjoyed that, mate. I hope that, uh, you know, next time we're on here abusing Scotland, you'll agree to lend us your voice again. I hope. Uh, also, big thanks to unsolicited fact Jessica, or unsolicited fact? Completely unsubstantiated fact Jessica, uh, as always. And, of course, thank you, the listener, uh, for hanging out with us. This has been episode number 11 of the Places You'll Never Care About podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much.